Diane Stoneman's mother passed away, and then also up. Uh, uh, Diane Stoneman's mother passed away, and then also uh, Bev Miller's son actually passed away uh, yesterday. And so uh, Diane and Raleigh are heading to um, Iowa um, for the funeral, and then Bev, of course, uh, having lost her son, she'll be heading out there. So um, would you just um, lift your hands to heaven for me right now, Father? Right now, we lift these families to you. God, there's nothing more difficult than loss. But Lord, I thank you that both of them were believers. I thank you, God, that Diane's mom was a believer. I thank you, Lord, that Bev's son, after so many years of uh, the prayers of a faithful mother, he gave his life to Christ. And that, Lord, uh, though we will miss them, and though there's loss in the midst, Lord God, of this life, we celebrate, Father, the joy that one day... Uh, they'll be together again in your kingdom. Lord, we uh, pray for your comfort for the families, God, uh, and that you would just uh, give them that hope and assurance that we have in Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Well, I want to introduce you, Dwight uh, and, and Jeannie. I'm going to have them both come to the platform. I'm sure Dwight would like to share about his wife for a moment. Um, but uh, ask them to come to the platform, Dwight and Jeannie Rogers. And Dwight's going to be sharing a word with us this morning. And would you just give them a hand clap as they come? Amen. You hold that. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is, um, I don't know if you, if you haven't met this young lady right here. This is my wife, my girlfriend, <laughs> my ongoing date. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who experienced Treasured this weekend, uh, it was an awesome time. I sat in on Saturday and I said, hmm, that's really good stuff she's doing up there. Would you like to say something? It's wonderful being here. We feel like we're with family because we are with family. And just thank you so much for your love that each time I've been here, this is my second time, that you just, you're an amazing, amazing group of saints and just continue to move ahead in what God has, the destiny he has for you. I'm, I'm just thrilled for this whole area. I don't know. I'm just excited for Colorado. Amen. Uh, I won't repeat what your, what your pastor just said. <laughs> I, I, I want you to do something with me. I have felt this since I've been here this weekend. And How many of you <clears throat> enjoy the blessings of God? I'm going to try over here because that's a little weak over there. How many of you enjoy the blessings of God? Yeah. Are you so thankful when God just pours it out unexpectedly. You have two blessings in your midst that God has placed here for such a time as this. You have two blessings that, that God continuously speaks to because they allow Him to speak to them. This morning, I want you to stand to your feet, and I want you to thank God for your visionary pastor and his wife. I want you to applaud them. I want you to celebrate them. I want you to thank God for them. I want you to tell God, oh God, we're thankful. We're thankful. We're thankful. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, church. Come on, Gateway. Come 
on, Gateway. Yes, the blessings in your midst. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. Now stay on your feet. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Speak a word of life that will further shape our destiny so that whatever you desire to do in and through our lives, we will always have a shout of thanksgiving coming forth saying to you, Lord, have your way. Have your way. And we thank you in advance what you're about to reveal to us through your word, may we hold on to it and live it out for your glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, and all the saints said, amen. amen. Everybody else join in, amen? Hallelujah. I am so glad and so excited to be with you this morning. I happen to, f- <laughs> I happen to follow on the Somewhat on the heels of my son, for those of you who uh, heard Pastor Kyle Rogers speak here, I, 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 it, it, usually the, the, the father comes and speaks before the son, but in this case, the son came before the father, so I, it's okay. I, he's, he's, a, he's a tremendous young man, even if I say so myself, I'm just very proud of him. We're very proud of him and, and uh, very thankful for him. I want you to to, uh, look at a verse with me in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, if you'll put that up there. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. Before I read this verse, I I need to give you a little history of of me concerning this verse. Uh, Roughly about uh, three years ago, uh, I began to realize that my time as a pastor of a church was, was coming to an end. It wasn't that I was retiring, it was just the fact that uh, God was beginning to make it very clear to me uh, that there was another in- assignment that he had in store for me. And uh, if you know anything about God, sometimes he'll just kind of give you a glimpse of something and then he'll, that's all you get. And uh, I, I went through a time period uh, of, of adjusting to the fact that one season of my life was getting ready to close and, and, and something in the future was about to open up. And, and, uh, but that's not, that's for me, that's, I need to have some more details. You ever been there like that with God? I need to have some more details. Well, God wasn't giving me more details. Instead, he was giving me scripture to hold on to in preparation for where I was headed. And I didn't understand it all at that particular time, but as time went by, it became more and more clear. This verse in Jeremiah 15 and verse 16 was the last verse that he gave me. So I'm working my way backwards. Verse says, your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart. Jeremiah found the words of God, and, and, and uh, even the words of judgment, when you read this, 
this whole chapter. Uh, you, you, he, he found the words of God. He, he found the words of judgment. And he ate them. And this made him... Uh, 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 this satisfied his heart because this was, this was food for his heart. Now, we know that Jeremiah did not literally eat the Word of God, but, but he, he consumed it. He ingested the Word of God. It was his way of saying how the Word was real, and he enjoyed the Word to the point that it satisfied his innermost being with the Word of God. Food for his heart. When we ingest the word of God, the Holy Spirit provides for us uh, power to help us to grow, to be more like Jesus. Uh, the, his, his word is, is there to transform us. His word is there to help us think uh, 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 about who he is. Uh, even to the point his word is there to help us to think about money. His word is there to help us think about our enemies or to think about our careers or to think about life or to think about marriage or family. And the list goes on and on. And his word is there to help us understand his word is really very, very good for us to consume his word. All the time, regularly. Well, today I, I want to help you, as God helped me, about two years ago, as I was transitioning to another assignment. Again, I didn't understand it all at the time, but God began to help me put together what I've come to call God's sandwich of promise. How many of you like a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich? If you raise your hand, come on. Here. Can we have that picture of that peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Now, now I'm not out here trying to make you hungry because I know it's close to lunchtime. But I am out here trying to make you hungry for the word of God even more than what you already are. Now, a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, look at it. Just look at it. Doesn't it look good? Woo. What are the ingredients of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Peanut butter, jelly, two slices. So we're going to put together God's sandwich of promise, and we're going to kind of relate it to how, do you know, do you, I, I just found this out just, just a couple weeks ago. The average American, by the time they finish high school, consumes 2,500 PB&J sandwiches. That's the average. Now, I need to find out how many consume peanut butter and jelly sandwiches after high school. Because it's still good to me. <laughs> I, I like the old-fashioned kind, you know, the grape jelly on there. <laughs> and, and, and the, oh, the peanut butter, I know it's supposed to, be, you're supposed to eat the healthy kind. But I like the unhealthy kind. <laughs> but anyway, it's a good sandwich, isn't it? But today, let's put together, let's put together God's sandwich of promise. Let's go to the first slice found in Luke. If you'll turn, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look at the first slice of bread. 
in this sandwich. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. Now I'm going to be reading this from the um, amplified version. So don't get, if you're not familiar with that, that's the version that amps it up. And uh, I want to amp it up a little bit as we look at this particular verse. It says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. Now let's just stop there for a minute. Nothing is ever impossible with God. In the natural, we can't get to that. So therefore, we have to allow our spirit to grip that reality of that word. And our spirit begins to pick it up. And one of the things I learned in this time period of my life is that I, I needed to really concentrate on what God was preparing me for that I did not know because nothing is ever impossible with God. And it goes on to say, and no word from God shall ever be without power or impossible of fulfillment. What a slice of bread that is. And as I, as, as I thought about that verse in the, in the light of how it's shared in the Amplified, it began to say to me, now Dwight, you have seen God's faithfulness in the past. You are seeing God's faithfulness in the present. Dwight, don't get nervous about your future. Was that new to me? No, it wasn't new to me, but yet it was new to me. Because, see, we're in times uh, that we have not seen before. You've never seen this day before. You've seen other Sundays before, but you haven't seen this Sunday. And so as we look at the, at the promise, at the promise of this verse, for with God nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall ever be without power or impossible of fulfillment. And so we lay that slice right there. Now, travel with me to what I call the peanut butter and jelly of this sandwich. You ready? Are you ready? All right now. Matter of fact, I probably should have kind of prepped you. Now, I was told by my son when he preached here that uh, he got some good responses. I am I right or wrong? Did he lie to me? Did he tell me? Oh, okay, okay. So when God says something through me and it just hits you, come on and hit me back. You better tell it, Pastor. Uh-huh, come on now. I might say, now come on, Gateway. And you'll say, well, we're coming, Pastor. <laughs> Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's pick up the other main ingredients, if we can put it this way, to this sandwich of promise. Again, I'll be reading from the Amplified Version. I'm going to start halfway through verse 5. Hebrews 13. Halfway through verse 5, and it starts off in the Amplified by saying this, For God himself has said. 
Now, that's a good thing to, to, to grab a hold of. God himself has said this. So there's no word from God that is ever without power or impossible of fulfillment. So God himself has said, thank you, brother, I appreciate that. I will not in any way fail you. You should have been on your feet at that point. You, should have, you really should have been on your feet at that point. I will not fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Oh, my, my, my. That's God talking there. He goes on and he says, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. And then he says, with an exclamation point at the end of it, assuredly not. In other words, you can take it to the bank and cash it. difference what life has been like. It doesn't make any difference what life is like now. No word from God shall ever be without power or impossible of fulfillment because nothing is ever impossible with him. What looks impossible to me and during this time period in my life, I'm saying, God, how am I going to provide for my family? I'm getting ready to release the church over to our oldest son. He is going to become the pastor of this church. What is my next assignment? I don't see it. I, it's not there. I'm knocking, but nothing is opening. I'm even willing to do whatever I've got to do. If it means to work at Walmart, I'll work at Walmart. But I, I just want to be in the center of your perfect will. So I put some peanut butter on the first slice. And I enjoy peanut butter all by itself on, on that one slice of bread. But when I put some jelly to it, it tastes even better. I want to share with you today. I don't know what you might be facing. I don't know what you have faced. I have not walked in your shoes, nor have you walked in mine. But let me tell you something right now. There's one thing that I'm assured of, that the promises of God that we have right before us today are the promises that we need to consume over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and again. That's the peanut butter. Brother, you sit up front next time because you and I, you're good. <laughs> now, let's go, let's, go to the, the, let's go to the jelly of the sandwich. Verse 6. So we take comfort and are encouraged. What are we taking comfort and what are we being encouraged by? The fact that he will not fail us. The fact that he will not give us up, he will not leave us without support, he will not leave us helpless, he will not forsake us, he will not let go of us, he won't relax his hold on us, assuredly not. So we take comfort and we're encouraged by the promise, if I can put it this way, of the holy peanut butter. You ever notice something about peanut butter and jelly? When you put them on that first slice... You can even tip it upside down, but it sticks to the slice. 
In other words, what we are reading right now is sticking to what we read in Luke 1. And it goes on and said, we take comfort, are encouraged, confidently and boldly say. Now listen, in the midst of this time period, not knowing what was going to happen, Not sure where the next assignment was. Didn't have, Jeremiah didn't have all the details. All I had was what God spoke to me. And I kept consuming it over and over again. And then God put more of it together, and he said, now, boldly say. You take comfort, you're encouraged, confidently and boldly say. In other words, I had to speak to me with encouragement and with comfort, and I had to speak to me, and then I had to also speak to my wife, and I had to speak to the atmosphere, and I had to speak uh, to demons and devils, uh, and I had to make sure that I was remaining sane in my natural mind as well as in my spiritual being, uh, and I had to find encouragement when I couldn't get it from anywhere else. Uh, I had to find uh, confidence and boldness uh, to declare something that had to come out of me when everything else wasn't looking right. Right, brother. All right. That's all right. Stay excited. Stay excited. Matter of fact, go to the next level of excitement. Take some people with you to that next level of excitement. Definitely. Matter of fact, you and I can travel together. All right. <laughs> Woo! Comfort. Encourage, confidently and boldly say. Now, what am I going to confidently and boldly say? I'm going to confidently and boldly say what the, the author of this book must have come to his senses and put it together. He said, look, I've looked to the left, can't find it over there completely. I've looked to the right, and the right just doesn't satisfy enough. I've even looked behind. Oh, that looks bad. I've looked ahead. I don't know what to expect. But I look and I boldly and confidently say, the Lord is my helper. Let's say it together. The Lord is my helper. Say it again. Say it again. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Danielle, inside of you is a baby. Jeremiah, daddy, mama, make that baby a sandwich starting today. And watch what will happen as the baby consumes what you consume.
make your sandwich today. And people around you will wonder, you're going through, I know what you're going through, but you don't look like everybody else. I got to say that differently. I got to say it like home. You don't look like everybody. You don't look like everybody else. There's a look about you that you must be getting some kind of spiritual nourishment that's keeping you going in the direction you must be going in. So the Lord is my helper. But then the the writer goes on and says, I will not be seized with alarm, fear, dread, or terror. I'm not going to be seized by it. In other words, those things are not going to take possession of me. Listen, when you're walking by faith, fear always wants to grab a hold of something. Fear, every step of faith, I think, is preceded by a little bit of fear. But you take that step of faith. And when we take that step of faith, uh, uh, we're, we're stepping into the, to the reality of what God wants us to grab a hold of according to his promise. You do, you do not need to be seized. You do not need to be taken possession of by alarm, fear, dread, or terror. Because I'm your helper. And everything I've promised you, No word from me shall ever be without power or impossible of fulfillment. I will walk with you as this fulfillment of my promises grips your spirit, your soul, and your body, and it consumes you. It consumes all of you, inside and out. Was it comfortable? In those few years of transition for me, ah, no, it wasn't. My wife will tell you, no, he wasn't. There were times we wondered, what is the next assignment? Are you done with us? There were times that fear would grab our hearts, and, and, and we began to wonder, what, did we do something wrong? You know how you got to check yourself. Pastor, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Angie, I know you know what I'm saying. You check yourself. Did I tie my shoes right? Did, did, did I put my, my belt in my pants? I, I, did, did, did I do everything I needed? And God said, no, you're okay. Well, if I'm okay, how come the next assignment hasn't unfolded yet? It's because this assignment. This assignment? Yeah, the sandwich, brother. You need to be consuming that sandwich because in the tomorrows to come, you're going to need what it supplies. In the tomorrows to come, you're going to be able to go back and take another bite of that God sandwich of promise and it's going to carry you into whatever you're going to face. You eat nothing, you don't live long. Try going more than 40 days without food and water. We're not supposed to. In the natural, and I think in the spirit realm, we cannot, especially in the day and time in which we're living, we cannot afford to go long without consuming God's word. Over and over and over again. So, 
what can man or circumstances do to me when God has made these promises himself? All I have to do is, you know something? Let me, let me just say this. They say, surveys, st- statistics, and so on say that it takes 21 days to start a habit, a good habit. It takes another 21 days to establish the good habits you start. In case you didn't add that up, it's 42 days without a break. I ate this sandwich. I'm going to put the slice together in a minute, the last, the second slice. But for 42 days, at least once a day, in the midst of everything that was crazy to us, to me, I ate this sandwich at least once, if not a dozen times or more, every day for 42 days. You know what happened to me? I changed. You know what's going to happen to you? If you take this, you can make your own sandwich. Use your own brand of peanut butter. You know, use your own verse, in other words. Use your, you, you, whatever you want to use. But you make your own sandwich that fits your life. I'm just giving you what fit my life. So we have the first slice. We have the peanut butter and jelly that sticks to the first slice. Now let's just end this whole sandwich by going to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. I'm going to read this verse We're going to read this verse from the Message Bible. But the seed in the good earth, these are the good hearts who seize. There's that word again. Now, we were told in Hebrews 13 not to be seized with alarm, fear, dread, or terror, right? Now, this verse comes along and says, a good heart seizes, takes possession of, the word of God and holds on to it no matter what. Oh, some of you are looking at me and you're saying, oh, no matter what? No matter what. No matter how rough it gets. Listen, long story, long story. But we were getting down to half of our salary to live on. You ever been there? In the natural, I tell you, the nerves were nervy and jumping all over the place. But all I had to hold on to, I had to seize his word no matter what. No matter what it looked like in the natural, I had to seize his word because his word, listen, his word influences the natural, but his word is meant to influence me and you more than what's happening around us. God is always looking to not allow us to be comfortable, but but to be conformed into the image of His Son. 
You seize, take possession of the word, hold on to it no matter what. You stick with it until there's a harvest. And, and as I thought about that, I was reminded of, the, of this thought that somebody came up with, which really is very, very good. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you cannot count the harvest in the seed. But we're to stick with it until it produces what is it. His word, his seed produces a harvest. You can't let it go. No matter what, no matter how difficult it looks, no matter how dark it appears, no matter how terrible you feel, it doesn't make any difference. And listen to me, I went through all of the changes that you could go through. Well, maybe not all of them, but I went through enough for me. You might go through something different. But this is what I had to do. Take another bite. And sometimes I... I you know the interesting thing I, I found out about this God sandwich of promise? You can't eat it all. In other words, you can't consume it. It's a sandwich that you take a bite and there's still more of it. You take another bite and there's still more. You can take a thousand bites and there's still more of it. Does that sound biblical? So I just figured, hey, look, I can't exhaust this God sandwich of promise, so I'm going to keep biting this sandwich because the more I consume it, the more it keeps me focused on him and the future he has for us. You can put that picture back up, please, of the sandwich. Today, today you either are, are going to start or you're going to intensify eating God's sandwich of promise. Because see, it all starts, it all starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't start anywhere else. I, I, I am very thankful that I am in my 39th year of being born again. I am very thankful of that. But the more I have, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And I'm very thankful for that because that puts me in the position of being a lifelong learner. So when I started, I didn't understand it like I understand it now. And I'm, I'm thinking as long as God keeps me here, I, I got a Caleb spirit. You, 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 let me describe you what a Caleb spirit is. Caleb, was, was, he was 40 when, 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 when knuckleheads didn't listen to God and didn't go into the promised land. Caleb and Joshua were the only two that were ready to go in. They had to wait another whole generation. And now Caleb says, oh, okay, now we're ready to go in. Caleb said, at 85, I'm, a, I'm putting it this way. At 85, I'm as bad now as I was at 40. Well, Caleb's spirit that I, see, he's my model. So I figure, hey, at 65, I'm as bad now as I was at 45. Because I have been consuming and will continue to consume God's sandwich of promise, which will nourish me as I consume it with, with everything I need. So listen, if, I don't, if you're 65 or older, don't, don't, retirement ain't for you. If you're 65 or younger, don't even think about retirement. 
I didn't say don't plan for it. I said don't think about retiring. You, you, what you do is you go on to your next assignment. Now let me conclude with the assignment that I'm currently on at this particular time. This is, what, this is how God works. He takes an African-American Pentecostal and puts him in a Presbyterian, all-Caucasian church. who is hungry for the will of God to be done. Guess what they're learning to eat? God's sandwich of promise. See, God don't care what you look like. He just says, how available, how available are you to allow me to prepare you step by step by step, year after year after year, after he placed inside of me 24 years ago that I was going to come alongside a, a pastor, a senior pastor, and I was going to be the support that he would need to fulfill the vision God has called him to fulfill in a church that would not be familiar to me, but familiar to God. So set aside all that stuff and let's get down to God's business. Gateway Church, I'm telling you today, God is not looking at where you've come from, though you can look back and appreciate it. God is looking and preparing you for where he wants to take you to impact a community that you are being ready to influence and impact. Don't get shaky on God. Don't get shaky on the visionary. Just walk. But pastor, you don't realize how painful it is. Walk on, brother. Walk on, sister. Take another bite. I took six bites today. Tell your friends I took six bites. Because I've repeated what I've been saying to you about at least six times. And if you take this challenge to consume God's sandwich of promise. You should in your prayer time personally and in your prayer time corporately, you should be saying to each other to keep each other encouraged. Like, are you taking a bite of the God sandwich of promise? Have how many bites did you take this week? And if somebody says I only had one bite, that's good you had that one bite. You should have at least seven. I'll close with this final thought. Well, two final thoughts. I am going to close. Two final thoughts. I said to you, the, you, you, you cannot get this unless you have an ongoing personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're, if you're here today and your heart is not surrendered to Jesus, this is your day. This is your day. This is your opportunity. Don't run from it, run to him. What a good way to start with God's sandwich of promise to help you. Secondly, going back to Luke chapter 1. After Gabriel had come and spoken to Mary about what she was going to be, to be and what she was going to do. She was going to be the mother that would birth Jesus into the world. It would be a supernatural thing that was going to take place. Gabriel explained it to her. 
He ends the conversation with verse 37. And he says, with God, nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall ever be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Then Mary makes this statement. And if you're in agreement with this statement, I want you to stand after I, 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 I just quote part of the verse to you. In verse 38, after hearing what she was going to do, something supernatural was going to happen in her and something supernatural was going to come forth from her in the person of Jesus Christ. And Mary said this, be it done unto me according to your word. If you're here today and you want it be done unto you according to the word that you have heard and the words and the messages that you have heard in the past, be, be it done unto me according to your word. Would you go ahead and say that? Be it done, go ahead. Be it done unto me according to your word. Not my word, God's word. Be it done unto me according to what God has spoken to you. He has spoken to you something a little different than what I have said. You have heard it differently than what it was said. But be it done unto me according to your word. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, if you take the, 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 the opportunity to, to begin to uh, con, uh, consume this sandwich over and over and over again, I think the goal for me is 2,500. That's the starting goal. I haven't kept the count, but I know I'm well on my way. But here it is. Be it done unto Gateway Church according to the Word of God. Be it done unto this community according to the Word of God. Be it done unto my family members according to the Word of God. Be it done unto my enemies according to the word of God. Be it done unto our marriage according to the word of God. Be it done unto our children according to the word of God. I hold on to the promises. And no matter how dark it gets, I hold on to the promises. No matter how difficult it appears, I hold on to the promises. No matter how, how stupid I get, I'm still going to be smart enough to hold on to the promises. Are you with me today? Are we together today? Come on, Gateway. Are we together today? Hallelujah. If you would like for me to pray with you to walk you into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I will make myself available after service to do it. I, I, I don't know if this is the order that, that it goes, but I just want to be in on that moment. But with both your hands lifted up. Lord, we're amazed by your love. We're amazed by your word. We're amazed by you. We're amazed by, by how you just seem to turn things around at the right moment. You're never late. You're always on time. We're always late, never on time. But we're amazed how you just understand us and love us anyway. So now, Lord Jesus, to the best of my ability, I, I, I trust that I have spoken a word of life into somebody today. Their destiny is going to further be shaped for your glory. Their situations will become preparation 
for their future. I pray today that the people that have heard your word and will take it to heart, they will no longer look at problems, they will look at possibilities. They will no longer look at obstacles, they will look at the opportunities. Cause this church to be the great impact that you, that's in your heart and on your mind for it to be. Unfold it each and every day. Not only to the visionary and his wife, but to the people as well. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.